You have an appointment with us? I'm just a temp. You're a temp? I did some trading with the other temps and I wrangled your desk. I hope that's okay. Always nice to have a pretty girl around the office, isn't it, boys? Yes, sir. Does this Christmas party get pretty wild? Not usually. Well, that's no fun. Hey, don't stop, stop, stop. Why didn't you call me back today? We had a tempest. She didn't leave a number. Is she pretty? Pretty plain. A pleasure to meet you, Mrs. Charles. Hi. You said she was plain. That girl may be a lot of things, but she ain't plain. I wouldn't know. I only have eyes for you. A lot of these single gals see the workplace as their hunting ground. And I think this one has got you in her crosshairs. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Below Freezing with CJ and Micah. I'm CJ. I'm Micah. And this is a weekly show where every week we unthaw a different movie that comes in at or below 32% on Rotten Tomatoes. And y'all, it is the birthday. <laughs> oh, well, when this is released, it will be the birthday <laughs> of um, the mother I never had. The sister everyone should want. <laughs> the... <laughs> And the friends we all need. Yes, it is the bir- the birthday of Beyonce Giselle V. Knowles Carter. And in her honor, uh, we are uh, jumping into uh, a, a prime example of one of the only things she's pretty objectively bad at. Um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and, not, and not even... Okay, so I, we, we have talked a lot because we saw The Lion King recently. And uh, we were on another podcast talking about it. And I was like, no one who's excited to see Beyonce in a movie is excited because they think she's going to be like giving us Meryl. She's going to be like giving us Isabelle Huppert. Now, you know, you know what? She- I wasn't, I wasn't going to play Beyonce like this today, but since you started, you're absolutely right. <laughs> but yeah. uh, we're, we're excited about the novelty of Beyonce being in a movie. And I, and I will say this. I will say that I think that Beyonce and her lack of acting ability gets kind of overstated specifically because she's just so good at everything else that everyone's just like, oh, this thing, Beyonce's bad at this. Um, yeah, I think I think that's fair. I think that she's raised the bar so high in all other possible aspects of her life that, that there is a thing that she is like mediocre at, I think stands and, out and more. And very because, obviously so. Like, yeah. There, because there are some line readings in this movie that God <laughs> damn. <laughs> I um don't think she's the worst. The, the her performance in this is not the worst performance we have seen in a movie for this show. No, it's not. Not at all. Uh, by far, I think. I think there's been a lot that are like bad, mm-hmm. and there are people that have been worse in more than one movie that we have done. So We are trying to I'm get gonna... Ethan Embry on the ship. Oh. You have you have you. to stop. I told you. It's not gonna happen. He's not gonna leave the show. I think, yeah, I wanna be on a podcast with her. She fucking hates me. I don't. I don't hate you, Ethan Embry. I just find you really obnoxious in every movie that you're in. Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, today we're unthawing Obsessed from 2009 before we before the show turns into Micah dunking on Ethan Embry more than she already has. Um, yeah, so I, we wanted to do this movie, one, because, you know, this is the week of Beyonce's birthday, but also because I don't, I love a Lifetime movie. <laughs> In the same way that I love like a a sci-fi channel movie and a uh, a Hallmark channel original Christmas film, I am mm-hmm. I'm all about stuff that is of this caliber. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm really excited to talk about it with you guys. And our guest this week is Kristen Bennett. 
from your favorite problematic, which is a really good podcast that I found after after we sort of linked up on uh, Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you're like one of the few other people, I think, in, in the Flophouse face group who I was like, oh, there's another black person in this group. So I was pretty hyped about that. And so <laughs> and so I just like readily, I think, sent you a friend request because I really enjoy your posts. And uh, and yeah, and from there, I think, is when we started talking about our podcast. I'm so excited to be here today. So thanks for, for inviting me, guys. No, thank you for coming on. We're so excited to have you. I, I, we there, are. I do also get really self-conscious about like doing because... Um, we the scariest part of the show was the uh having a guest every episode <laughs> aspect of it we were yeah. bec- and um when we do we do a lot of movies and just as anyone would be able to tell by listening to our episodes the majority of our guests j- this thus far have happened to be white and it is uh very imperative to me to get <laughs> black guests on when we do movies that involve black people <laughs> because also, and I wanted to talk to you about this uh, after you'd seen the movie, of course, where the wildest part of this movie, when I when it first came on, was I was just like, wow, y'all really got Idris Elba and the Beyonce playing these corny black suburbanites. <laughs> and <laughs> I was like, wow wow this is this these is the cousins that don't show up to the family reunion i mean like and- <laughs> yeah my first clue was i was like literally my the first thing i thought when i started watching this i was like is that Nora jones that they're playing under this is that what's happening right now and so oh, that yeah, should have been my talk first about how weird the soundtrack is <laughs> yes. oh my gosh it's such a weird soundtrack oh my in a movie full of just weird things and weird decisions and the most rote cinematography in any movie that we've watched for this show so before we jump all the way into it micah do you have the uh consensus and the score pulled up I do. So the score is 19% and the critics consensus is the inevitable fatal attraction comparisons aside, Obsessed is a generic toothless thriller, both instantly predictable and instantly forgettable. Yeah, especially because I forgot how long it was. (laughs) It's so long. Oh my gosh, especially for the buildup and I timed it for the buildup to this thing that they based the entire marketing around which was that fight and Mm -hmm. it happens in the last 13 minutes of this two hour movie this movie is a solid like 20 minutes too long at least at At, at the very least (laughs) and i and it's it's interesting because this was like the first time i remember seeing Idris Elba in a movie because I didn't watch The Wire. Yeah, I was inundated by a lot of white people telling me to watch The Wire. <laughs> I, didn't, <laughs> I, I did not watch The Wire, unfortunately, and uh, so this is really the first time I had seen him. So that was that was his thing. And then Ali Larder, who was our villain, was smack dab in the middle of that show, Heroes. Yeah, I loved the shit out of <laughs> Heroes, man. I watched it until it's bitter anticlimactic end that show lasted a solid two maybe three seasons too long uh and i watched the whole damn thing i just got tired of seeing hayden panettiere's bones on the outside of her body i was like (laughs) i was like oh no um but then this also was a part of the sort of like 17 pronged media blitzkrieg that Beyonce's career had became at that point because this came out in 2009 so this was like smack dab in the middle of like I Am Sasha Fierce which was her uh, her whitest and most commercial album and uh, that was the one with like single ladies and halo so it was like smack dab in the middle of all of that so this was like perfectly positioned for her as well so it was it just it seemed like a good move all around one thing that I noticed at the beginning of this movie is that her dad was one of the executive producers and this movie is way sexier than I remembered it being not sexy in like a like a like a that I find it sexy, but in in that sexual things are happening in it, and yeah, <laughs> and um, because all of the sexual situations make me deeply uncomfortable. Oh, yeah, <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> I think that's probably how everybody feels. And that's probably how you're supposed to feel generally, except for maybe when like Idris Elba and Beyonce are being sexy with each other, which they are too remarkably sexy people yeah but that was so unsexy um, like for two incredibly sexy people yeah like yeah. they're the black henry cavill and amy adams i mean really but it was just <laughs> yeah it, it was like so cringy and i don't know if it was a dialogue or what but i was like there is nothing sexy about this i needed to stop when will it end it was it's it, it's one of those wild things for like beyonce to be this international sex symbol for her only to have chemistry with her husband like which <laughs> <laughs> <Yes. laughs> But um, but yeah, it is uh, it, it, definitely a take kind of on actually yeah on a firm on um a, a fatal attraction which I remember it because I remember reviews coming out about it in which they were calling it the affirmative action fatal attraction. <laughs> have you guys seen Fatal Attraction? I have not. I feel I know I've seen it at some point in my life, but it's been like a long time. Yeah, and it, it, the thing about this versus Fatal Attraction is how far out of... You remember Samson, right? And how far out of its way that movie goes to absolve Delilah of her biblical reputation and all of the, like, um, quote-unquote sins or whatever she committed in that story in the Bible. Um, paralleled towards Fatal Attraction, this movie goes so far out of its way to, like, pretend that Derek had no part in this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which made me so mad because I remembered it being like, oh yeah, there was just this crazy white woman and she was just uh and, and don't get me wrong, there is. She she is crazy and that that is a thing. But there was I was like and and he didn't really do anything and I was just like, oh yeah. So I for that reason I remember it being kind of boring. But then watching it I got kind of mad because I was just like, yeah, you're saying all this shit and you're doing all this sly shit that is like of course, a person who is inclined, who is like <laughs> unstable and, and and crazy is going to latch on to this really weird shit that you're doing, especially if you and your wife have this like setup where you're not supposed to have female assistants and stuff. What was that? Like, I would just I was like, really, we're doing this like she can't go to school and and you can't have a female assistant. What's happening here? Yeah, that was wild. Corny black suburbanites. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, also, yeah, just the logistics of like marrying your assistant and all of that. It's it, it, this enti the entire premise is set up on like really rocky foundations. And when I watched this originally, it was pretty close to. When it came out, I didn't <clears throat> I didn't see it in theaters, but it was like pretty close after. And so I had never worked in an office environment before um, the way that I have now. Mm -hmm. And so like watching it now, I work in a very corporate environment similar to what like i think he's at a uh, real estate i, 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 I got i got stockbroker from it that sure he will call it stock yes he works in finance <laughs> <laughs> yeah i work in a like similarly like corporate environment and having been in an office now i was like my god this is just one inappropriate office thing happening out of another this is like one workplace harassment hostile work environment occurrence after, after another. another yeah it, so the movie itself starts with Derek and Sharon our aforementioned corny black suburbanites uh, and their child um, <laughs> I can't say you <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, <sorry>. <laughs> yeah uh, uh, the, the weirdest thing about beyonce comma actress is how <laughs> self-conscious how like obviously self-conscious she is about her accent and um but then when it's because then when it slips out it's always just like oh <laughs> <laughs> oh we're back in texas um can i just say as a black texan I feel like that is a Beyonce accent and not a Texan accent. I don't, like, <laughs> I don't know anybody who says child like that. Like, child. What? child? Like, child. okay, anyway. 
That's a Beyonce she's, thing. She says it. When, she she says it like that when she sings too. That's true. That's the crazy thing. But um, but yeah, uh, and and their kid, and they've moved into a house, and they are just living the American dream, I guess, being successful and things. And he works in this office building where they do financial things with Jerry O'Connell. Oh, oh, Jerry. Bless his heart. (laughs) Oh, no. I saw him in this movie. I paused it and I added Kangaroo Jack to the list. (laughs) No, no. Because. (laughs) No. Um, But also, Jerry O'Connell. And I'm sure he's a lovely person. (laughs) Um, But. (laughs) He just. Every he's he just, he can't, he, all the characters he plays in movies just kind of make my skin crawl, <laughs> and like yeah. like everything post Stand by Me, like he got he got into like Calvin Klein shape, and then it was all downhill from here in terms. <laughs> of like, he was on this show called Crossing Jordan, <laughs> that was like I remember Crossing Jordan. <laughs> Yeah, 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 my mom loved it. Yeah, um, mom, that's all, that's the only people who loved it, mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So we watched it, and I remember. So I have all of these like fond feelings for Jerry O'Connell because we loved Crossing Jordan, and then I watched watched him in this, and I was like, oh yeah, that's that's what he's actually like. Another one of the characters, um, Idris Elba's boss in this. Mm-hmm. He's a bad was guy. On this show, I said he's huh? a bad guy. Like you recognize him, but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He was on the show called The Closer with Kira Sedgwick, which is almost the exact same show as Crossing <laughs> Jordan and any other. Only they say like, shit sometimes. Occasionally, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I was just like, this is just a movie filled with Beyonce and all of these people my mom likes. Like, it was a really weird experience. Yeah. And and he's going in. Derek, the Idris Elba character, is going into work and he gets into the elevator with Allie Larder and uh they start this sort of back and forth that really doesn't stop until like a third of the way through the movie and where yeah. uh she's just like oh we're going to the same place and he's like i guess we are and she's just like uh i'm a temp and he's like you're a temp when i was like okay why wouldn't she be a temp <laughs> this <laughs> that's your first that's your first mistake there and then there is all he is literally flirting with her the entire this entire time yeah and um not to say that i agree with the idea of you uh married your female assistant and now your wife who used to be your female assistant says you can't have any more female assistants but um if this is your behavior every time you get around a pretty lady who works for you maybe that setup you know had merit behind it it feels like oh go ahead sorry Oh no! You go. Uh, I was just gonna say I was uncomfortable by the fact that they were talking to each other in the elevator because, like, I'm generally a friendly and pretty chatty person. Like, I'll chat with cashiers and stuff. I don't talk to people in the elevator ever. You get in, you go to your place, and you like leave. So that was already weird to begin with, and I'm and they kept exchanging these like long lingering glances in the elevator too but it didn't feel sexy it was just like man if someone looked at me like that in the elevator i'd be like what the fuck do you want (laughs) so (laughs) no that's uh i completely agree with you uh that it was creepy all around truly yeah (laughs) okay so we get to the point where like she is obviously smitten with him and things and he's not rebuffing it really at all and then she's making even more intense power plays to like get onto his desk as his assistant and stuff and and doing all this stuff also there is this like nosy messy watch what happens live ass gay Who knows everybody's business and is telling it to this crazy girl even after everybody knows that she's crazy. Yeah. How is this person not fired? And and he just kept popping up and I just kept getting so mad. But uh yeah. I guess he's not fired because he knows everybody's shit. He knows shit. everybody's shit. They can't fire him. The the whole the whole building to come down as soon as he leaves. <laughs> um <laughs> 
but yeah and and meanwhile all this is happening <laughs> is happening beyonce who used to be someone's assistant um <laughs> is is at home with this child that supposedly looks like her oh, and no. <laughs> he's very cute very cute i wouldn't say he looks like beyonce, look like beyonce. he's beyonce. incredibly cute <laughs> and um and i would say the the times in which her performance was best was when she was playing off of people so like when yeah. she was playing off of Idris Elba in the office, her and Ad- Ali Larder in the office, that was good. I was I was into that. It's when like Beyonce has to speak into a phone. Yes, <laughs> it is when. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when she doesn't have someone there to like bounce off of. Yeah, yeah, and and gauge what her levels of intensity should be and her pacing. Yeah, she's definitely better in scenes with other people. Um. Speaking of performances, anybody want to tell me what accent Idris Elba has? I have no idea. Like what? Um, he has. What? When did the wire come out? Uh, uh, because I probably want to know around two thousand five bef- or so. Yeah, that sounds right. Because I want to know if this was before or after his dialect. Two thousand and two. All right. No, there's no excuse there. I was going to say if the wire <laughs> came out after this, maybe it's before he did his dialect training for the wire. But he must have just been phoning it in because his accent in the wire is impeccable. It's perfect. I think he has the same uh, problem that Orlando Bloom had in Elizabethtown, whereas British actors come over here and they're supposed to be Americans. So they try and create this uh, glommed together, um, like just mid-Atlantic, n- unspecific American accent. Like literally mid-Atlantic. I was thinking like his accent is like somewhere between New York and London. I don't know where, but it's like the middle of the Atlantic. (laughs) Of the actual Atlantic. (laughs) Just the way he says Sharon, because I couldn't, because there's a joke about like the Lisa character uh, mistaking Sharon's name for Shannon. And every time he says Sharon, it sounds like he's saying Shannon. (laughs) So it's like... (laughs) It's an honest mistake. Yeah, and I don't (laughs) understand... I don't understand it because... We know that he's capable of doing an American accent. We've heard him do it before on The Wire, Mm -hmm. um, which I did watch, but um, people are going to kill me for this. But season three on was really boring, so I stopped. Um, (laughs) But season one and two are really good, and he's really good in it. So I know he can do it. He can do an American accent, but he's only like halfway there here. It's very odd. And uh, one thing about fatal attraction is that they very much tell you that michael douglas well michael douglas goes ahead and actually sort of has the affair right. with glenn close and fatal attraction spoilers <laughs> for the for the 80s yeah, 32 um, year old spoilers that, that this isn't cruel intentions right those are different movies yes, yes cruel intentions is completely different and if you haven't seen cruel intentions we have to um i've seen <laughs> a uh chinese period piece adaptation of cruel intentions well cruel intentions cruel intentions is itself uh, a teen drama uh adaptation of a french book from like the olden days called dangerous liaisons so yes um, that is in itself a whole mixed up thing but yeah we should watch cruel intentions because uh ryan philippi is is something to behold in that movie but um the you said glenn close and that made me think but she's not in cruel intentions she's in dangerous liaisons the and these are i'm she's she's also in (laughs) but she's also in um fatal attraction and she's she isn't yeah she is in fatal attraction Attraction and she's in dangerous liaisons and cruel intention is an adaptation of dangerous liaisons (laughs) this is where my confusion came from because you said glenn close and i was like wait <laughs> okay, 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 okay. I'm caught up. I'm but, caught up. Uh, and this is just an adaptation of Fatal Attraction, yes. but with and Beyonce and a bad script. Yes. Um, <laughs> but they don't like shy away from it being messy. They don't shy away from the fact that, yes, he is attracted to this woman. He acts upon yeah. that attraction. It lets things be a little muddy, a little darker, where this movie doesn't. So it just, it's just boring. It's just this crazy woman attacking this incredibly nondescript couple and you're sort of like i guess rooting for the couple to make it out of it but also like you just want to see 
Beyonce beat this white woman up and that is the that's the, the that is what the movie was sold on and yeah. i and it took so long to get there that all of the stuff in between just felt like it, they were just compiling on things that i was just like okay well i mean this is around the time i would have beat that woman up if i was beyonce so I <laughs> <laughs> yeah it and they they give the primary climax to Beyonce and Allie mm-hmm. Larder, but they don't really let Beyonce do anything up to that point. Yeah. She's in scenes, she has lines, but all of the action and the things that happen that move the plot forward are between Idris Elba and Allie Larder. Yeah. So giving your climax to not Idris Elba <laughs> to be made it weird. Yeah, and to be fair, that's how it is in Fatal Attraction too. Only the wife has even less time because she's not Beyonce, <laughs> so the she has less screen time. So it's not you know that. Uh, and, and they gave her the climax just because one, it was 2008. People wanted to see two ladies fight, and then it, you know everyone wants to see Beyonce do the single ladies dance all up and down Allie Larder's ass. So we. <laughs> Right, uh, we we get in we get into that, but it can just re- it really feels like it's lopsided. These yeah, these women are only fighting because women be fighting. Yeah, it doesn't feel like Beyonce has done anything narratively to that point to merit being one of the two primary actors in the final climax. I just, I wanted her to have more agency through the rest of the story for that climax to make any sense. Yeah. Because whilst Allie Larder is like drugging and I guess the movie doesn't confirm it, but like implicitly like raping this dude. And then, and then like she's like showing up in his car and like lingerie and stuff like that and he's keeping it all to himself which is one of my biggest pet peeves about movies it is it is just like it's just batman v superman on like a smaller scale it is just, <laughs> it's just like my the worst thing in the world is conflicts in a story that could be solved by two people having a conversation just open your mouth and yeah. say something <laughs> just yeah that's it it's lazy writing and the most uh, horrendously obvious lazy writing thing that happens in this is he has actually decided to tell her mm-hmm. and he walks in and she puts down that the phone. That was some lifetime shit. It was beautiful. That was some oh, lifetime and shit. And her sister having the exact same situation but her husband actually did it. And I was like that is uh, it was just so perfectly convenient. It was the dumbest thing in the world. Mm, mm. it was so lazy it's such a bad script yeah so you have these two actors who are running around sort of like just and they don't really have much chemistry either so that's the thing exactly i think that goes to your earlier point micah which is that like i think part of the reason why like that that fight at the end like it's satisfying but it's not very satisfying because beyonce hasn't had much agency is because like she's literally just there to be an obstacle like idris elba has more chemistry with ali larder than he has with beyonce so you're kind of like if she if beyonce's just like not there then this is just a fine movie i mean ali larder's still crazy but like mm-hmm. but like to me that relationship yeah. oddly is like it feels better because like at least they seem to like each other and she just and yeah. we get more time with her and she gets more to do she is she well she is an actress so she has the capacity to emote and things but the, she she gets more to do beside than you know just uh beyonce uh putting the wrong emphasis on you know words into a phone and the the most frustrating thing about it i think and this is where we can talk about the soundtrack <laughs> <laughs> the most frustrating part of it is that it just doesn't nothing about it feels urgent like yeah you're like tell your wife this thing tell the police this thing tell your boss this thing like all of this could be done for you if you were just like talk also the movie just like sags yeah it feels like yeah. it feels like there was like an abandoned subplot where like he had more than just a history with with Beyonce with Sharon's character, right? Like mm-hmm. where like he just had a reputation for like always sleeping with his secretaries. And they like 
like just take like, a tiny second to hint at it, but they never really like go into it because that to me is interesting. Mm-hmm. That explains why he's afraid to go to HR. That explains mm-hmm. like why he's afraid to go talk to her, to his wife about it. But like, it feels like it was there and then they took it out. I would, yeah, I, yeah, I would, I would put money down that it was there and then they and then screen. Will Packer told Screen Gems that that couldn't be it when they made the leads black. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the. Okay, so the soundtrack to this movie <laughs> is so generically late 2000s that I was sort of just sort of slack-jawed by it because I mean you're you're you the star of your movie is Beyonce. I'm not saying that means you have to have a a uh <laughs> you have to have a song by Beyonce in there. But the idea that like it's all this sort of like adult contemporary pop until you get to Jill Scott. Um <laughs> <laughs> that's one of my phrases so we can get there. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but uh you got Nora Jones, you've got Estelle, you've got that song Black and Gold, which the yes. only notable thing about it is like Adele covered it one time. Um <laughs> And and it it's a part of the the larger problem with how nondescript the movie is because like even in the direction the most that you get out of it like creativity wise is that when something is supposed to seem crazy to you there's a Dutch angle <laughs> like. <laughs> And then, like, in the last yeah. moment when, like, uh, Allie Larder's in the house, she sneaks into the house and she, like, puts the uh, the jersey on and she's, like, in the bed. You're supposed to know she's real crazy at this point because it's upside down and a Dutch angle. <laughs> like <laughs> That's cinema right there. That is classic filmmaking. Mm-hmm. But I think that uh, the movie would have benefited, one, from whatever was taken out when this was supposed to be a rated R thriller. <laughs> and then secondly, if, if the Sharon character was a colleague instead of just his wife, I think that would have made things a little bit more interesting because one, then she's not on the sideline. She'd be there in the office. She'd see a lot of this stuff happening in real time and be able to react to it instead of us knowing more than she does the entire time, even though because she didn't know everything going for, we did get this really cool blow up scene in their kitchen. Oh, that was great. That was beautiful. It was yeah. it was wonderful. <laughs> I love that uh, 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 that last line where he's just like, "What do you want me to do, Sharon?" And she's she's like, "Where do you want me to go, Sharon? Come on, get out of my house! This is crazy, Sharon. Don't you see what's happening? Get out of my house! Nothing happened with this. Okay, you know what? You just tell me what you want me to do, and that's what I'll do." Huh? First, I suggest you pack your toothbrush. And then I want you to get your socks, your shaving kit, your underwear, your prophylactics if you think you need them, and get your ass and out of And go where, Sharon? To hell! But until then, I suggest maybe the Four Seasons. To, to hell. hell! Oh my God. That was like my. <laughs> that was so. That good. might be my favorite like moment of all time of someone telling someone else to go to hell. It was so good. Because she was like, to hell! And I was like, mm-hmm. that's definitely Texas right there. There you go. <laughs> yeah. It was. I, I, I wrote the quote down. I loved it so much because it said, and go where, Sharon? To hell. And until then, I suggest the Four Seasons. Like, it was just so You could have ripped it right out of a song on B-Day. Truly. You just like, you could, it, it belongs right there. And I think, and I think there's something to be said about the fact that, um, and I'm Beyonce person and I am not a fan of this other lady. So please don't hate me when I say this. Um, that... Uh, Beyonce was kind of Taylor Swift before Taylor Swift because one of the big things about like her is that she's had two relationships her entire life uh, and she's been cheated on in both of them (laughs) and her entire musical career uh, has been her 
you know, even though it's playing herself, it's part of being a musician is performance. Um, has been, you know, performing a character of that of a woman scorned. And I think that she is so familiar with that story, which is unfortunate, but uh, she's so familiar with the, those feelings and stuff that it came out kind of naturalistic and stuff when she's yelling and screaming about it. I completely agree with you. I actually had the exact same thought. I was like, oh, this is why the scene is good is because she's done this before and she's probably seen it before uh, like between Matthew and Tina and, Mm -hmm. you know, and no, I completely, I completely agree with you. Actually, I'm just like, can we give Beyonce a timeline in which she's just like not going around dumping ain't shit dudes? Please, like give her something else to do where she's not doing that. I'm telling everybody there's a, there's a multiverse and in one of the universes there in one in one of the on one of the earths uh hollywood is not plagued by cinematic universes all the time and in that same universe beyonce is married to serena williams <laughs> and <laughs> and that's the one i want to live in <laughs> um same but uh but yeah i think that um when she can tap when she can tap into that uh, because even you see it when she's performing these old songs that are like before the lemonade era that are about that thing where there's like this sort of smoldering intensity in her eyes when she does it. <laughs> um, I, I, I think that uh, when you have something that you can pull from in that regard, I think you can uh, usually uh, pull a pretty great performance out of it and i just wish that some of that fury that sort of indignant fury that comes from that could have made its way into the fight okay because i like the fight it's beyonce beating up some lady (laughs) but (laughs) the fight's fun but also um uh, one it's 80 yard to hell and two, yeah. it just like this is before Beyonce cussed. <laughs> oh my God, you're right. <laughs> I was just like, because I remember I told a friend of mine earlier, I was just like, I feel like all of these pop singers now, I can't turn on the radio because, you know, that nothing censored on the radio anymore. Uh, I can't turn on the radio. I can't listen to any song, new songs on Spotify that are on like Hot 100 or anything without hearing people cuss. And I was like, Feel like we had to earn Beyonce cussing, <laughs> and and I say that specifically because like in here she's uh, not cussing up a storm, but she's cussing more than she did at that time in her life, and it does not feel genuine. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it feels like somebody who has been uh, trying their hardest not to have a parental advisory sticker on their work for a very long time, <laughs> uh, trying to trying to act tough and. And uh, that's that's something that uh, doesn't really uh, land as well. But also with Idris Elba, the last third of the movie, he just doesn't have anything to do. He is. <laughs> and granted, the fight could be happening is obviously happening in real time. And it probably takes more than 13 minutes for him to get from his office building into their house. Can I just say it definitely, as somebody who lives in LA, it de- that took him an hour and a half to get there. Like, <laughs> he must have helicoptered for work because there's no way in hell that he made it there in time. Like, in that, that fast. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, so, like, the resolution isn't his. We don't see how, uh, there's sort of a montage, the sort of hand waves how their relationship was mended after the big blow up that they had because she had a lot of legitimate gripes we saw everything that happened there he did um he did egg this on in some way and he did lie to her about it so i think he gets off really scot-free in a way that doesn't really make sense to me um Mm. and and then you know uh when she is uh she's doing all this stuff and it all sort of again culminates in the part where she sneaks into his hotel room and stuff and then and then uh drugs and and implicitly rapes him and then shows up the next morning like she's just like oh we had such a good time last night it was it was wonderful it was great and then when he like rebuffs her like forcibly she goes and tries to kill herself in his hotel room which then gets this police officer on the case who's the most ineffective police officer in the world 
Um, and then all of this stuff gets out to the office and somehow she's still like, she calls back into the office to aforementioned Bravo gay <laughs> and uh, and it, who is still giving out all of the information. Oh, yeah, they're going up to San Diego. Uh, perfect time to sneak into the fucking house. <laughs> and I'm like <laughs> giving I just can't giving out personal information and travel details about your boss to someone outside your work organization i wanted to die have been told i wanted to die not to talk to yeah it was it, it's the, it's the it's the laziest writing and it's i mean you're absolutely right that for the last third of the movie idris elba has nothing to do and it's just such an odd narrative choice like it's such a weird way to structure your story that you build a narrative around the agency of two characters throughout your film for the first two thirds of it and then you just swap one of those characters for another one that's done nothing up to this point and you remove your lead from the narrative and you insert a side character as the new lead in the narrative in the last third of the movie it just it made it feel like there that none of the consequences that happened had anything really to do with what came before also it. the pay, the lack of payoff for that storyline makes you even more upset just because the movie had to go through had to jump through so many hoops and and throw up so many coincidences for it to even make sense in the first place. Yeah. Um, so uh, we, we sort of talked around the fight. I want to talk about the logistics of the fight because one, it's very cool <laughs> to see Beyonce headbutt a lady. <laughs> yes, objectively. Yes. Objectively. Yeah. It's, it's why I want her to be Big Barda in Ava DuVernay's New Gods. Uh, one because that's the only superhero I would like her to play. And two, because I don't think that movie is ever going to happen. <laughs> so, <laughs> not, not, and I love Ava. I just, the, Warner Brothers has got a lot going on. And uh, that movie, and New Gods, if you know what the New Gods are, that's an expensive ass movie to make. And, and if, uh, and Shazam underperformed, uh-huh. maybe they'll get some Oscar shit with the Joker movie that's coming out and stuff like that. I'm excited about Birds of Prey. I don't know if anybody else is excited about Birds of Prey. I mean, I'm excited about Birds of Prey, but um, um, you and I tend to be excited about generally the same thing. Yes. Typically. Um, so, <laughs> that's- uh, but, but yeah, uh, the, Hmm. I'm trying to figure out the way to say this in 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 the most polite way. Um, I don't see how Ali Larder uh, made it like six minutes in this fight with like bare feet in no clothes, hair all out and stuff, because the most obvious things to do are just to like, like grab this lady by the hair and like throw her over the uh, <laughs> <laughs> she's such a small she's woman so she's small. so thin she's so... i could toss her and uh and it, it it felt really outstretched especially and 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 she had to use weapons the entire time like it, it's just like i don't is it bad i was just like okay i Beyonce could take this lady i mean definitely of yeah. course she could but <laughs> yeah i don't know it's like i maybe we're as the audience members we're supposed to believe she's just like like extra powered by her level of crazy well, no she does become sebastian stan in the covenant in the last <laughs> <laughs> because she just won't die yes <laughs> like at the end of that fight when her eyes pop up and i was like oh man y'all really are doing this <laughs> yeah especially because they go through the they do set this thing up it wasn't a rule of threes thing but it was it was another thing it was just they showed it twice there was this one uh there was a uh at the beginning you see the the sort of creaky floor and stuff in the attic that no one's supposed to step on so um Sharon being the smart intuitive person that uh, the movie did not take the time to set up her being um, leads <laughs> you know Allie Larder to that place where uh, she is 
thusly thrown through the floor of the attic and starts hanging from the ceiling. And then after a lot of dramatic pauses and a lot of dramatic close-ups on Allie Larder and Beyonce's faces, uh, Beyonce is just like, oh yeah, well, uh, I guess you shouldn't die. Uh, So she like (laughs) says, give me your hand. And uh, she tries to help her out. But then Allie Larder is like, oh no, um, (laughs) I guess if I can't have Idris Elba, you can't either. And starts like pulling her down. (laughs) And then uh, she falls hits a chandelier but then manages to sort of like grab onto it like she's goddamn spider-man and and is hanging and is hanging from that but then the chandelier falls because the ceiling is weak as uh as we saw uh during that weird Nora jones music video at the beginning of the movie and just uh, side note bad real estate investment in this house i mean really the ceiling's you don't want your kid in there. Get Kyle out of get out of there. No, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My favorite moment of that whole fight <laughs> comes at the very end when Allie Larder has she's caught the chandelier and then she falls and Beyoncé just like I think what she's trying to do is go like, "Oh god." But instead she's just kind of like, "Oof." <laughs> <laughs> She's just like, so long, Becky with the bad grip. Yes. <laughs> so I don't think that is what Beyonce was maybe necessarily intending to do. But it looked like a woman just fell to her death and Beyonce's just like, well. She's like, wow, that was unfortunate. Wow, that was really oh, bad for you. Sorry, sorry yeah. for you. Oh, I got to... Uh, let me let me go on outside and hug my husband who got here real real fast and then in the la track and the cop is just like what happened here (laughs) that line oh my god (laughs) what do you think happened that she's like well you know what you did tell me if i didn't catch this white woman you gonna kill her so i guess (laughs) (laughs) whose blood do you think is on my shirt lady um and uh and then smash into you starts playing and then uh and then the movie's over (laughs) no 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 no. the movie isn't just over the movie ends on a freeze frame oh yeah a zoom into freeze frame of beyonce's face and half of idris elba's (laughs) face yeah as if she was the lead of the movie yeah 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 he's not in focus he was literally just completely removed from the entire last third of the movie as if the rest of the movie was not centered around him it's the weirdest goddamn script yeah there's (laughs) this feels like somebody took like a discarded tyler perry script and just like made the crazy lady a blonde white lady instead and then like didn't give someone AIDS as punishment uh, and then and then they just put this on <laughs> oh man I mean but I mean like you really gonna make us watch acrimony huh oh yes this will happen <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I can do it with you or I can do it without you, but <laughs> I will be watching it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. If, if any, I the day I meet Tyler Perry for whatever I'm meeting him for, I would honestly use my make-a-wish <laughs> to say, get Tyler Perry to my hospital bed. And I would say, Tyler, come closer. Closer. <laughs> How did Taraji get on the boat? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. How? (laughs) But how? (laughs) I can go I can go peacefully after that. Um so that was obsessed. (laughs) And when we get back, we're gonna give the movie some freezies. Lisa, sorry you missed me. Leave me a message after the beep. You listen to me. You know exactly who this is. You came into my house. You touched my child. (laughs) You think you're crazy? I'll show you crazy. Just try me, bitch. And uh, we're back, and this is the part of the show where we give out Freezy Awards. Every week, we try and give three awards to each movie. Uh, they can be real awards. They can be joke awards. 
they can be things we found good. They can be uh, stuff that we were just like, oh, yeah, this was bad. Let me bring it up now. <laughs> so, um, Kristen, you're our guest. So you get to give your freezies first. Do you have freezies for Obsessed? I do. I do have freezies for Obsessed. Um, so my first one is going to go to uh, the worst use of the Jill Scott classic golden that there has ever been in a movie. I was like, <laughs> this is not this movie, right? Like this is like golden is about, it's like a scene of empowerment and I'm feeling myself yes. and loving myself. And like, what the hell is this song doing in this scene? Yes. Uh, Cause that's the scene where, um, you know, the ice wall starts to thaw and Beyonce is considering taking Idris Elba back after this, admittedly heinous shit that he's been doing the entire movie and she's just like uh smiling she's just like well fine and she closes the door and then jill scott which is golden is this song about like living it, it is it is the original hot girl summer yes and That's good. Yeah, it yeah. is it is and it is just about living in your fabulousness and it is very much a song for black women to feel confident and love themselves not about i fucked up i haven't really done anything to atone for it and my wife's taking me back anyway <laughs> um <laughs> It just it just doesn't but it just like it stuck out like a sore thumb. It was like, huh, is there like any like contemporary R&B that we can just throw into this movie that's not Beyonce until we're ready to throw this Beyonce song into the movie? It just makes no sense. And it really got under my skin. So there's a freezy for that. Um, my next one is uh, a freezy for the number of times people have said the word nookie unironically since 1997. It's just huh. her in this movie. Like what? No, Jerry Connell says it, too. Oh, ooh. okay. It's the two of them, and then Sierra and the song goodies. <laughs> That's it. It's like who wrote this script? Who says Nookie anymore? What is this? Are you Fred Durst? What is happening? <laughs> oh my gosh! Do, um, do you guys remember the um, the big dust up? This has nothing to do with obsessed. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Um, do you remember the big dust up with uh, where Fred Durst um, like came out and like was really rude and mean and uh, shitting on Christina Aguilera's music and stuff and th there was like a feud between the two of them and then at the MTV VMAs the next year they had Fred Durst come out and do a rap to come on over while Christina was performing it. I don't know how I blocked this out, but no. <laughs> no, I have no memory of this. YouTube that. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is one of the weirdest moments in the history of the MTV VMAs, which is just uh, made up only of weird moments. Um, yeah, I was going to say, that is saying something. But, uh, but yeah, uh, I don't... <laughs> Nookie, that's <laughs> that. That sure is uh, something that people used to say. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, my third freezy is going to go to whatever anonymous angel it was who sent Beyonce a message after they watched this movie and let her know that she really needed to up her wig game. Because I love the color. It is a nice color. I love the color on her, but it is just sat atop her head. Truly. As if it was just on display at the mid K. <laughs> <laughs> it's distracting. It is. It very much is. Mm -hmm. And I maybe didn't um, pay as much attention to it because I had been desensitized by watching Aquaman on the plane this weekend. And the the wig that they put Amber Heard in in that movie is actually heinous. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I'm like I'm grading my wigs on a curve now that I've seen that. Uh, but it's yeah, it's not just, great. It's it's not a great wig. I'm just either. imagining a line of wigs called actually heinous, actually heinous wigs. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, Beyonce's wig. Beyonce's wig and obsessed. <laughs> colon better than amber herds and aquaman <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah that's oh those are good 
Uh, Micah, do you have freezies? I do. Um, so my first freezy is um, an award for the movie with the most inappropriate workplace scenarios since the frigid brunette's workplace harassment in Mannequin. <laughs> Uh, I don't remember her name. <laughs> she only ex- existed to be harassed at the workplace. Uh, but this movie upped it. Um, the first 45 minutes is just one inappropriate office thing to happen after another. I can't imagine being at that Christmas uh, party. The things they described happening at the Christmas parties alone. <laughs> no, the lap dances. I was like, really? They're lap dances at your work? Your work they're getting lap dances from fucking from accounting co-workers? <laughs> yeah yeah so the movie with the most inappropriate office setting um <laughs> my second freezy has been somewhat invalidated because my second freezy was originally the thing that i liked jerry o'connell in the least but then cj had to go and remind me that kangaroo jack exists so it's i guess a freezy for the thing that i liked jerry o'connell in almost (laughs) the least you should watch his Um, stint uh subbing in for wendy williams on her talk show oh that happened oh yeah for like two weeks when uh back when she had her uh her statue of liberty tumble oh oh wow i did not know that Huh. That seems yep. like the, and the he's last his person. Own talk show now. Wow. That yeah, because I heard that people like really liked mm-hmm. him on it. I have never I I've never watched the Wendy Williams show like with Wendy Williams, so I didn't watch his stint on it either. But I heard people like enjoyed it. It was weird. It was just him going. It was just Jerry O'Connell talking about love and hip hop Atlanta. <laughs> it was it was just like. <laughs> What is, what is this? Why, why are we here? How did that happen? Like, how, how like, who's like, we can't have Wendy this week, so you know who we'll get? Kangaroo Jack. We'll get Kangaroo Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, yeah. Oh, man. It is a baffling choice. Uh, and my final freezy um, goes to my favorite line of the movie, uh, which is now my new favorite euphemism for someone being really lucky. Jerry O'Connell just turns to Idris Elba and says, do you have a horseshoe up your ass? <laughs> Which just tickled me. <laughs> uh, so yeah, those are those are my freezies for Obsessed. <laughs> cool. Uh, so my first freezy <laughs> is going to the kid who played Kyle. This very cute baby. Yes. Undeniably so. Um, mm-hmm. and I just think that's uh freezy enough. <laughs> um, and then my second freezy is going to go to Beyonce's acting ability, acting ability, excuse me, never being as bad as its reputation <laughs> suggests. Yeah, yeah, because you like sort of brace yourself for it, and then you're just like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, she's fine, <laughs> like, it, yeah. it, in everything but. Carmen a hip hopper because they just put that on Netflix and I watched it like a month and a half ago and it is rough (laughs) Uh, it is rough and don't get me wrong the entire movie is rough nobody makes it out unscathed Makai Pfeiffer goes to jail and you know who's in jail with them 11 year old Lil Bow Wow oh my god how did I just block all of this out because you should have because you should have like it is it's bad movie with bad performances it has original songs in it and all of them are bad too you don't need to watch it um but uh but yeah shout out to her and then uh and then just you know since it's her birthday us uh, uh, my last freezy is also going to go to the inclusion of smash into you from i am sasha fierce on this movie one because all of the songs all of the sort of not quote-unquote sasha fierce songs from that album just belong at the end of movies that's their only purpose (laughs) there's no reason to like listen to them aside that but also i do want to uh stick up for that album in particular because 
uh, it does have a few jams on there that no one cares for any that no one cares for anymore. It makes me sad. Like everyone wants her to stop singing Halo. I love Halo. It was a good song. Oh no! Oh no! No! Halo no. was nice. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Her singing it at the tail end of every show for the past decade. Okay. I understand being a little tired of it. But for her never to sing it again. <laughs> I just wish Formation Hive and Halo Hive could get along. Um <laughs> But uh, but yeah, those are my those are my freezies. Honorable mention for the most incompetent cop in a movie ever. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. aside from that, those are our freezies. And now this is the point in time we decide whether or not the movie is still fresh or freezer burnt. Kristen, what say you? You know, I feel like it's easy to say that um, that like it's wait, which one's the bad one? Freezer burnt. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's. Yes. <laughs> I had to think about it. Um, I feel like I, it's easy to say that it's freezer burnt, but I feel like the prize that I got at the end of this marathon was just that campy fight. I friggin' loved it. I loved it. So like, I it's it fresh fun. just for that. I loved it. Cool, Micah. What say you? I am gonna give it a freezer burnt because it's just it's way too long. It's like 20 or 30 minutes too long. There were multiple scenes that I was like, this doesn't need to exist. You can remove this whole thing and everything is the same. Your plot is forward like just as much and you're getting the same character beats if like half of the movie is gone. (laughs) So it was just too long. No one is overly competent in it. The writing choice, like the script was so bad. And um, all of it could have been stopped with a single conversation. So I just thought the script was so lazily written. So, like, if you're looking for something like this, just go watch Fatal Attraction. Go to YouTube, watch the fight. It's fun as hell. And then go watch Fatal Attraction <laughs> or or something else or Cruel Intentions or whatever movies that I think are all the same movie. Uh, go watch one of those or watch a real thriller or f- Flip on Lifetime. Uh, you can some of those Lifetime movies are fun as hell. Watch one of those. I just think this one is just it's too long. It's too boring. The script is too bad. Um, giving it a freezer burnt. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be freezer burnt for me, too, just because of the length, because if this was like 88 minutes yeah. long, it'd be a total still fresh for me. I like you got the yeah. fight. You've uh, I get to look at Idris Elba. Even though it just Elba without a beard versus just Elba with a beard, you know, definitely better with definitely the beard. better with the beard. Hey, also, putting him in all those pastels. I mean, I'm sorry. What? Okay, that's just my corny black <laughs> suburbanites. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, like you said, go watch the fight, then go watch Fatal Attraction because uh, the fight's really all you want uh, out of this movie. It's what the entire movie itself was sold on. It's why she has second billing in the movie, even though she has <laughs> like less than a third of the screen time as both leads, <laughs> as both the other yeah. leads. The fight is half of her screen. Yeah. Time. yeah so that's uh which makes no narrative sense oh also youtube the scene where idris elba says to beyonce completely seriously does sharon miss daddy because i had to pause my <laughs> i had to pause my viewing experience and leave the room for a minute I I was like where where did they where did they say that until it actually happened and i was just like oh <laughs> You oh, won't no. believe that it happened unless you actually watch it. Until you did. I was chopping vegetables <laughs> at the time and looked up like, wait, what the fuck? I mean, really honorable freezy to them for keeping it together while that scene happened. Because <laughs> like, my faces while he says it that. It couldn't have been me. <laughs> uh, just like, uh. also, there's this like split second, like line reading that she does where she's like on the phone and she's like telling him that the baby was flirting with the checkout girl at the store and she was just like he she was giving uh, uh he was giving her the same look you give when you looking at a pretty girl like father like son <laughs> 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 
<laughs> yeah, she was way too hype in that scene. It's like, sis, it's really just, it's fine. It's just a conversation. Oh, man. Just be chill. So thank you so much for coming on with us. This has been great. Thank you guys for having me. Um, I really, I had a lot of fun. <laughs> where can uh, people find you on the internet? Uh, well, so I host a podcast called Your Famous Problematic. Uh, so you can find us at... Uh, podcast yfip on twitter and you can find me personally at annie wokely on twitter as well oh that's great (laughs) (laughs) uh cj where can people find you on the internet uh you can find me at cj period that's c-e-e-j-a-y and the word period i'm assuming you know how to spell it on twitter instagram and uh nowhere else don't find me anywhere else besides those places (laughs) only those places And you can find me on Twitter at Mike Renee B. And you can find me on Instagram at Loki Stroke the Lemur. Uh, you can find the show at Below 32 Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, give us a like, give us a follow. Um, we would also love if you would give us a review. Uh, five star reviews uh, help people find the show easier. And if you don't think it's five stars, we would love to hear why so we can know what we can do better or know what you're liking. Um, we would like to thank Riley Watson, a.k.a. Captain What, for our awesome theme song. You can find him on Twitter at Riles Watson. Uh, CJ, what are we watching next week? Uh, we're almost done with part three of the show. Uh, we've got two more episodes left in this sort of uh, set of ten, which is really cool. And yeah. the next episode we'll be watching a movie called Charlie St. Cloud. Uh, it stars Zac Efron. And apparently he's real sad in it, uh, to my knowledge. That's all I know about it. So, it's there's there's a Zephron and he's sad. Yeah. And it's an old one too, because I was like I like Googled it to figure out what the uh, the score was. And the first pictures that popped up were like him and Vanessa at the fucking premiere. It was wild. Oh well, that's fun. So uh we'll we'll see what he's so sad about next week <laughs> with uh with Seth Decker from the Film Rescue Pod. That'll be fun. So that will be awesome. Tune in next week to hear that. And until then, y'all stay frosty. Bye.